Hey friends, today I'm going to be upfront and honest with you. Okay, so you might say, Nikki, you're an open book and upfront and honest is kind of how you roll. But given tomorrow is Thanksgiving, or it is if you're listening on the day this episode hits the airwaves, I want to confess that sometimes I just don't feel thankful. Call me ungrateful if you like, but aren't there times when we all feel like that, even occasionally? But when life's hard, really hard, and I'm assuming it is for you right now, given you're listening to a podcast called Chemo Chair Prayers, it's surprising how often we can look around us and simply not see anything we can or want to give thanks for. Despite the hallmark sentiments and overstuffed turkeys of Thanksgiving, sometimes we just can't summon the energy, let alone the desire, to be thankful for a life that's left us overwhelmed, exhausted, frightened of what's to come and gasping for air. We just don't feel grateful. We don't feel blessed to be living the life we've been dealt. Honestly, we're tired, fed up and ready for things to change. But in the back of our minds, despite how hard everything is right now and how ungrateful we actually feel, we know we really should be. And we want to give thanks anyway. Voice ingrained in our psyche, our God-given moral compass, all the constant barrage of cards and social media posts and sermons from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You know, the one that says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Despite all that, we worry if we're not thankful for the blessings we do have, we're at best ungrateful and at worst entitled or unfaithful. And that horrifies us. But that doesn't mean it isn't a struggle. Deep inside, on an intellectual and spiritual level, we may understand that gratitude lifts the spirits and a thankful heart really can brighten a dark, stormy day. But that doesn't change that we still don't feel thankful. Even having Thessalonians 5.18 tattooed on our foreheads can't make us feel it if we're not. And then we're right back to thankfulness square one, where we don't feel it, so we don't do it, and we avoid it. Or I do anyway. So what are we meant to do? The key to this conundrum came to me quite by accident in a sculpt class of all things last year. For me, last year was about getting back in shape and finally getting some core strength back after all my abdominal surgeries. The name of the class, Sculpt, had me believing I'd be enjoying a gentle 30 minutes of moulding my lumpy, bumpy, saggy parts that I hide under a baggy t-shirt into smooth, firm, sculpted bits I'd be proud to show off on the beach. But in reality, it was a painful 45 minutes of squats, lunges and planks to lift all that sags and tone all that droops. It was a few days before Thanksgiving, and it had been a rough morning for some reason, and my biggest achievement so far was getting myself into my workout gear and to the gym. But as I laid out my mat and smiled at my classmates as we grabbed the weights we'd need out of the cupboard, I realised my old friends Grumpy and Sleepy and their cousins Resentful and Stroppy had tagged along for the workout. As the music started pumping, I just couldn't shake them. To say I wasn't feeling in the Thanksgiving spirit is an understatement of mammoth proportions. Normally, the warm-up, with its muscle-warming, heart-rate-rising, mood-lifting moves and music, has the power to kick me out of my funk. But not that day. As I huffed and I puffed my way through a painful set of leg raises, my mind wandered to all the pain and hard stuff weighing me down. 
And as the burning in my muscles intensified, so did my negative emotions. I love my fitness instructor, Kelly. She's a woman of great faith, wisdom and abs. She's a mum of six kids and I admire her parenting, her faith and her attitude to both life and fitness. Secretly, I kind of want to be her when I grow up. So when she encouraged us to name something we're grateful for with each leg lift, I followed her despite my dark mood. Surprisingly, by the end, it wasn't just my butt that had lifted. I really did feel better, lighter somehow, and less like life owed me something for all the grief it was throwing my way. Life with cancer isn't easy, and it hangs over us like an ominous persistent storm cloud. It's often hard to be grateful in the midst of our journeys because the silver lining of any cancer cloud is often so small and paper thin, it's hard to see against the dark backdrop of the storm itself. But whether we feel it or not, whether we've got it tattooed on our forehead or not, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 still holds true. We are to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. So today I want to encourage you with this verse. Not use it to beat you up and make you feel worse. That's the last thing you need. Because more than anything, it's an invitation to be encouraged. Yes, we're all called to give thanks in all things. And yes, that means the good, the bad and the ugly parts of our lives. But... And here's the part of the verse I missed for years. God wants us to give thanks in all things, not because he's a tyrant and wants us to do it for the sake of it, because it's his will for our lives and his will for us is always going to be good. Oh, so good and pleasing. So today I want to invite you to give thanks for it all. The hard and the hurtful, the painful and the pleasing, the joy and the joyless, for what you know and what you don't, for the seen and what is unseen. But before we do that and pray through our trust prayer, I want to share five key things that Cancer and Kelly have taught me about being grateful when I'm not. If we wait to feel thankful before we give thanks, we may never utter a word of thanksgiving again. I'm not sure if I was obeying God's command or Kelly's workout instructions, but either way, as the beat started thumping, I started thanking. And you know what I realised? That when we start by stepping into gratitude as an act of obedience, we can be confident our emotions will catch up. Since then, I've discovered that research backs this up. The simple act of practicing gratitude, regardless of where we are emotionally or spiritually, reduces stress levels and increases our feelings of well-being. God really does know what he's talking about. So as the Nike ad says, let's just do it. Secondly, start with what's right in front of you. Heaving my legs into the air to the music's repetitive beat, I'm ashamed to admit I struggled to think of something I was grateful for. So I started with what was right in front of me. I thanked God that at that moment in time, I was healthy enough to work out. I was warm and dry. I had more than enough to eat at home and a family that loves me. Slowly, the negative emotions blinding me to the goodness of my life began to melt away. 
it turns out we don't have to look too far to see things to be grateful for. They're often right in front of us. Thirdly, when we give thanks for the battle, we discover the beauty. Our default setting is to give thanks for the beauty that breaks through the ugly reality of life, but we're told to give thanks in all things. And that, unfortunately, includes the battles, the pain and the tough stuff we're wading through. Even if we can't see anything in our battle that deserves our thanks, that doesn't, unfortunately, let us off the hook. With God's strength, we must give thanks for it all, even the cancer itself. I know that sounds ridiculous and too much to ask, but hear me out. The greatest gift of gratitude is that we find beautiful rubies buried in the rubble of our battle. We unearth true priceless treasures when we gratefully examine the broken up, crumbled rubble of life. We might not see them immediately and they probably won't be that obvious and we may need to dig or wait for them to surface. But when something beautiful breaks, there's always beauty, often a different kind of beauty, to be found in the shattered pieces. We're called to give thanks for the broken relationships, the scary diagnosis and the job losses. Because by giving thanks in all things, we begin to sift through the rubble, acknowledging God's sovereignty, love, grace and mercy and allowing his treasures and his gifts to glisten in the sunlight. Fourthly, ask for God's help. God doesn't ask us to do anything that won't bring us closer to him, that he doesn't plan to use for our good, and that he won't give us the strength to accomplish. Later on in 1 Thessalonians 5, we're reminded that the one who calls is faithful, and he will do it. And that includes giving us the strength to give thanks. We don't have to muster up the energy and wherewithal to do it alone. God, through his spirit, will help us when we least feel like it. If we need more encouragement that we've got the Holy Spirit to help us when we need it, we just need to remember Jesus' words in Luke 11.13. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12.9 that in our weakness, he, God, is strong. So let's ask for his spirit and his strength to help us give thanks when we'd rather do anything but. And finally, number five, rinse and repeat. My friend Becca Pogue challenges us to make Thanksgiving a lifestyle and not just a holiday because she knows that a life full of gratitude is a life that's full and abundant. It's a life without the normal levels of worry, overwhelm, resentment, anger and hopelessness. It's a life that says, I know this stinks right now, but with God, my life doesn't have to be pain-free to be full and I'm jolly well going to live it. So, dear friend, wherever you're at today, can I encourage you to give thanks in all things? Just start and as you do, begin with what's right in front of you. Then you can give thanks for the battle, so you can begin to discover the beauty. Then rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. As we get back to our Thanksgiving celebrations, whatever shape or form they're taking this year, let's take a moment to pray using our simple guided prayer format that uses the acronym TRUST, thanking him for who he is and what he's done 
resting in his love, unburdening our hearts, surrendering our hopes and fears, and lastly, taking him at his word. As I pray, I want to encourage you to make these prayers your own, maybe hitting pause during the music, which is the time you get to pray alone, so you can spend longer talking to Jesus if you want to or need to. God, thank you that you are a God that sees us, that you're a God that doesn't ask us to do things just for the sake of it. And Lord, we thank you that your will for us is good and perfect, even if life doesn't seem good and perfect right now. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son, which means the barrier between us has been removed and the gift of your Spirit as guide and comforter is there for us. Lord, we need that so much. Lord, thank you for never leaving, for always being with us, even when we can't feel you or see you. We know that you're there. Can I invite you to take a moment to thank God for who he is and what he's done for you recently? Now let's take a moment to rest in his love. Lord, we breathe you in and rest in your presence. When life has left us gasping for air, we breathe in the one who is the very breath of life and you revive us. Your love is boundless, endless, warm and comforting. It's strong and mighty and powerful and permanent. We let it cover us. We allow it to fill us. Can I invite you to just be still for a moment, resting in this love that knows no bounds. If I'm honest, it can feel a little uncomfortable, somewhat weird and intangible to just be sitting still and trying to rest in his presence. But I want to encourage you to not rush away. Let's sit in any discomfort and just acknowledge its presence, asking God to meet us right in the midst of it. Now let's unburden our hearts. Loving Father, when we look around us, it's not easy to cease. Loving Father, when we look around, it's not easy to see things to be grateful for. Cancer is hard, really hard. It's frightening and it steals our joy our health, the futures we've dreamed of, and often our confidence in you. Lord, we're struggling today to trust you, to be grateful for anything, let alone the cancer itself. We worry for our family, our next treatment, surgery, and whether the cancer has spread. Lord, we want to celebrate Thanksgiving and enjoy this holiday for what it is, but it's hard. Can I invite you to take a moment to lift your burdens, your worries and your anxieties to God? If there's something specific that's troubling you, tell him. If you're worried about what's coming up, let him know. And if you're angry, resentful, jealous or feeling anything you're not keen to admit, just share it with God, confident his love for you is secure. Lord, we've just unburdened our hearts to you. We've got everything off our chest and we give it to you. 
we surrender it, leaving it with you in your loving, capable hands. God, so often we want to be in control and take back the reins of our worries, but today we choose to walk away. We give them to you and we let go, confident you've got it. Lord, we leave with you our hopes, our fears, our dreams, our needs, our worries and the future. Now, can I invite you to surrender and leave at the foot of the cross your hopes, fears and needs. And lastly, let's take him at his word as we step ahead trusting him with it all. Heavenly Father, you promise your will for us is good and pleasing. You tell us you'll give us the spirit to help us if we just ask. You tell us we are yours, loved, forgiven and treasured. Lord, today we choose to not just believe in you, but to believe you and believe what you say about us. We choose to walk in this truth, even when we don't feel it to be true. Take a moment to enter in yourself, making this prayer your own, taking him at his word, confident he is here. And God, after all, is a gentleman. He is a man of his word. As always, I like to end with an invitation to a spiritual practice you can take into the week, making it your own. My hope is that it helps you encounter God and know his unfailing love and live the abundant life he has for you, no matter what your cancer throws at you. This week, as we think about Thanksgiving, both the holiday and the spiritual discipline, and as my friend Becca Pogue says, a lifestyle, we're going to take a moment to answer these three questions. Firstly, what good things are you grateful for today? Maybe it's your family, a call from an old friend, your doctor who's always so kind and helpful, the house you call home, or your sense of humour cancer hasn't been able to dull. Take a moment during the week or right now to answer that question. What good things are you grateful for today? Then go on to answer what hard things have been a battle but have started to reel Then you can answer question two. What hard things have been a battle but have started to reveal the beauty buried within them? Perhaps you've seen the love and compassion of chemo nurses, the support of friends you thought didn't notice you. Or maybe you found ways to pay for treatment you weren't expecting, leaving room for a few extra Christmas presents. Whatever it is, wherever you've started to see the beauty buried within the rubble of your cancer? Name it. List it. And finally, let's look at what hard things are you grateful for, even if you can't see a hint of a silver lining. This is where, friends, we simply name the hard stuff. We put it before God, we name it, and we give thanks for it anyway. I want to invite you to take a moment in the weeks ahead to look at those three lists and give thanks because it is God's will for us, his good and pleasing will.